1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers close in on Abdallah Sima, but see a bid rejected for another target. Celtic agree personal terms with Australian winger Marco Tilio and Queen's Park's new boss Robin Veldman says he's more focused on their philosophy than promotion. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Well, it's only been a week, Andrew, since I've been here, but it seems to be an awful lot of water crossed under the bridge since then. Brendan Rodgers back at Celtic Park doing his first press conference uh, on Friday and making some bold statements within that. Rangers being linked by a number of players and that will continue through the summer. But let me first start by passing on my condolences to the Brown family. Scotland really did lose a legend in the Scotland manager who played a big part in my youth. Not personally, I've got to say. I was unlucky never to come across a man. But from a... A footballing point of view, some of the best moments uh, of my Scotland supporting life fell under Craig Brown's reign where I was lucky enough to watch Euro 96 and France 98 and the games at Wembley. So a real giant gone and a sad week for Scottish football. Yeah, we heard some really nice memories on the phones last night about Craig Brown. Maybe you'd want to add to them as well. We'd love to hear them. 01419511025. And of course, there is plenty going on in the transfer market as well. Rangers close to signing Abdallah Sima on loan from Brighton. Rangers fans, you may remember him from playing against Rangers for Slavia Prague a couple of seasons ago. They have had a bid rejected for Brazilian striker Danilo at Feyenoord though. So I'm just wondering what you make of their transfer their business at the moment. Celtic fans, maybe you've still got some thoughts on the return of Brendan Rodgers or on Australian winger Marco Tilio, who looks as if he could be the next player in the door. And of course, we will be hearing from Queen's Park boss Robin Veldman, as I said at the top of the show. He's stating his intentions, what he wants to do with the club. So 01419511025. And I just saw before we came on there there as well Mark that Motherwell already have their first pre-season game tonight <laughs> Premiership sides are back Motherwell are away in pre-season they're playing their first game tonight so the football's just around the corner it certainly is I mean for players now uh, the rule of thumb was you got all of June off and you were just reporting back at the end of June and that would be uh, probably about 10 days of hard training before you then went into these games pre-season games in July that would set you up for the start of season of course Football's all changed now. The season finished a wee bit earlier for Motherwell, of course. Um, they'll be involved in the Scottish Cup finals, so they got a lot of time off. But when um, the the Via Play Cup's just around the corner, uh, you know, the time is now to prepare. So managers are quite right to take on games Try and squeeze the fitness work in between, but game time is all important. And, you know, Motherwell may be the first, but there'll be plenty more to fall. Yeah, and this is where the transfer talk really starts to ramp up as well, because the managers, they're sitting in their office all day. If they're not out on the training ground, they're making sure that they're getting their targets in, because a lot of the clubs in the Premiership need them in before the 15th of July, when the Via Play Cup group stages start. Of course, Celtic and Rangers want to make inroads early. Rangers have made plenty of signings. Rangers have signed, uh, sorry, Celtic have signed and Tiago home yep. as well so it's already well underway well home look I've, I'm with a lot of people here and I've only seen the clips that we've seen released and look that goes two ways there's an argument that everybody looks good in their clips their highlights real uh, which is true but the boy's obviously got ability it's how he then adapts 
to a club the size of Celtic uh, and how he adapts to a brand new manager and style of play under Brendan Rodgers and Brendan touched on that in his press conference and how the club are in a, a totally different place in terms of recruitment from the time he left it and he seems quite happy with that so home's only the first one a 20 year old player who is the world ahead of him uh, and it's now really up to him to, to adapt so there'll be more to follow because Brendan Rodgers of course will have a say when it gets in uh, right in the door at Celtic Park but the teams will follow particularly hard for teams further down the pyramid when they need to get their squads together for these games coming up a lot of that's players on trial and they're not quite sure who they're going to sign I've been there before with breaking and it was incredibly difficult for these clubs but for the bigger clubs shouldn't be a problem at all yeah, well, whatever is on your mind, if it's any of these topics or maybe something we haven't touched on yet that you want to bring up, 0141 951 1025. Paul is a Rangers fan up first in Crookston. Paul, how are you? Hi, I'm good, Andrew. And hi, Mark. Thanks for letting me on your show tonight. No worries. Um, I just uh, a big point about uh, Brendan Rodgers' arrival as a Rangers um, fan. Um, I don't know if anyone else has commented about it, to be honest. So I want to get Mark's opinion as an ex Celtic player and whatnot. Um, it came out, I'm paraphrasing here. Oh, I think Paul's line has dropped out there. I'll wait and see if we <laughs> can. that is paraphrasing. Wait and see if we can get him back. <laughs> Just silence. Yeah, we'll see if we can get Paul back. I think what was Paul's, he going to say? I know, I'll need to wait and see. That's fine. We'll, we'll see if we can get his line cleared up and we'll uh, we'll get Paul back. Maybe he was going through a tunnel or uh, mm. or something like that. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Oh, well, well, uh, funny, Paul was a Rangers fan, wasn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. But quite interesting that, you know, there's a lot of interest in Brendan Rodgers coming back. Obviously from the Celtic fans, uh, how he was going to address the elephant in the room. You know, I'm departing and how a lot of them felt. But a lot of interest for the rest of the league and a, a lot of other supporters and how one that was going to be taken. But what has he been told from the hierarchy of Celtic? What's his transfer kitty? What's the remit? You know, uh, everybody obviously knows domestically he's got to win. Um, both sets of managers do in Glasgow. But European-wise, is he going to be a long-term commitment? And he addressed a lot of those issues, I felt, when he, he had his first press conference. So re- even Rangers fans sat up and took notice of what Brendan Rodgers was saying. Right, Paul, I think we do have you back now. Can you hear us loud and clear? I can hear you now loud and clear. Sorry about that. No, Sorry no worries. On you go. Um, what was your point? <laughs> Aye, so my point is, Brendan Rodgers was outside Celtic Park. I'm paraphrasing here, but it was roughly around the lines of, um, for those Celtic fans that doubt me, I'll be back. I'll see you back here in May. And my viewpoint, I've been really annoyed. I think Paul's line is a bit dodgy there, but mm. we got the gist of his point. I think it, it was certainly Brendan Rogers was filmed outside Celtic Park speaking to supporters after he'd spoken to the media. The exact quote that he said was, so for those who are with me and always have been, let's enjoy the journey. For those who I need to convince, I'll see you here in May. I think Paul was saying that he felt, or was asking whether he felt there was an overconfidence in those comments. Well, I can see from a Rangers point of view that, you know, the fans and the players may be rubbing their hands at that and go, oh, is that right? Well, there's the challenge for our group of players to rub that back in his face. And they'd be right because if she was on the other foot, of course... Um, there'd be plenty to say on the other, the other side I think we uh, saw the flip of that when Rodgers was at Celtic the first time round was did Graham Murty not say that 
you know, Rangers players were cheering the fact that they were drawn against Celtic in the cup, and yeah, I think Celtic I that. said they'd use that as motivation. So, is that the type it, of thing that Rangers can then use as it motivation? Certainly, it certainly should. Um, but from a Celtic point of view. Um, he's extremely confident. He's always been a manager who has been extremely confident. Probably at the point that sometimes too overconfident, but it's paid off a lot of times. So he wanted to deliver a strong message to the Celtic fans and say that he was going to be as successful as the previous Celtic manager and in his previous time there. I think a lot of Celtic fans wanted to hear that. They they want to hear their manager saying, I will be a success here, rather than, oh, by the way, I hope things go okay and please come along with me. People want to hear uh, a figure of authority and Brendan Rodgers certainly has that. Yeah, Paul, you said the word overconfidence there. Is that what you feel those comments are from Brendan Rodgers? 100%. And, and listen, you might think this, I'm having blue-tinted specs on here, but I don't. Brendan Rodgers, for all he did for Celtic, I, I can't, no, trophies taught, I get that, right? But I would hope that Mark agrees in a sense that Rangers had just been promoted in 2015, 2016. They didn't have a team that they've got them out. Um, but in a much stronger position. I, I would be hoping, no, that we're going to play a, a bigger part. I don't think Brendan will come in and have, a, no, basically have his way we were the last time. I mean, we were, we were literally just. We didn't have a strong team, no. Um, and I could, but no, the, the players we had then, I wouldn't have said at the same level as what we've got there now. And that's no disrespect to any players that played there. They were all pros, and you like to say Andy Halliday, you know, that did 100% for the club and everything else, but they weren't at the same level as what Celtic had with Dembele and everything else. So I think, do you know what? I'm, in a way, I'm glad he said it because, like Mark said there, I would think. No, God rest his soul, people like Walter Smith, old school, would have said, right, there you go, that's your motivation for the year, guys. Maybe Brendan Rodgers eat his words, because that's what I certainly would do as a, as a manager. Um, so, it's now, it's now set a precedent for his club. Um, and to be honest as well, I don't mark things to this, but did Brendan Rodgers not come in at a time when Celtic, they were, they were basically the only one way they could go was up, because I thought they underperformed when Rangers were out the leagues, to be honest, I thought they would have scooped up more trophies than they did. Now he's coming in under... From, from Posta Coglu who had Celtic flying and you no know, listen to the fans and some of my, my Celtic mates are, are, are always singing his praises about how great this football is I've never seen it that way obviously um, from my point right but um, he's now come in from a different type of challenge so what do you think of that? Well uh, to take that point no he, he, he certainly is um, and I think he's actually alluded to that himself that every club that he's went into He's been there because there's been a problem before. Now, when he came into Celtic previously, it was on, uh, just after Ronnie Dyla. I mean, at that time, the top tier was closed at Celtic Park. They'd just been beating the semi-final against Rangers uh, not long before Dermot Desmond stepped up and made a big decision. 20,000 fold to see him unveiled at Celtic Park. And he backed it up. Um, and yes, I, I agree with Paul. It was against a much weaker Rangers side who were trying to find their feet in the league. But a Rangers side, nevertheless, who still had ambitions uh, of winning the league, uh, and they found it hard coming up against Brendan Rodgers. But I would, I would probably say that this Celtic side is better than the Celtic side that Brendan Rodgers built as well. Now I know he had some big hitters in there, and Scott Brown was in there, but I just think this team's more dynamic. But yes, the challenge is now for Brendan Rodgers, totally different from what he inherited at any other club. He has to continue the success. And then backing that up, 
If this is a comparison, he got success at Celtic. He won the treble. Now, it's incredibly difficult to then do that again. He did it again. Now, Ange Postacoglu's won a treble. He's got arguably a better set of players. It's up to him to maybe improve it and just keep that winning mentality going. Well, thank you to Paul. Let's stick with the phones. Kevin is in Motherwell. Kevin, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, boys. Uh, first of all, I just want to say to Boris and to... Um, I think Brown's family It's a sad day obviously He's a, a legend So It's uh, really sad about that Yeah um, well said Well said Kevin I mean I'll, I'll just put that to to Mark Because the, the, the sheer number of Tributes that We got on the phones last night That you've seen on Social media Over the past day or so It's just a, a Mark of the man Isn't it It certainly is And like I said Andrew I'd never personally met Craig before, but everybody that I spoke to, I mean, I was away for a couple of days here with Simon Donnelly and the twos were just chatting about Craig Brown, coincidentally, and some of the stories for the World Cup. And even though Simon didn't play, and you can ask him about this, uh, um, and I think I've heard him chat about it before, he still had enormous respect for the man. And like I say, as a Scotland fan growing up, he gave me some of my best times watching that team. Just a, an absolute legend of a manager in this country and even at club level. Everybody had something good to say about him, so an incredibly sad loss. Yeah, nice words. Kevin, what was your, your other point you wanted to make? <laughs> My main point was actually just about Brendan Rodgers coming back in. But just really quickly, just to pick up the Rangers fan that was on there, it's good to see that Brendan Rodgers, it's not even the end of June and the Rangers fans already get the Rangers fan from so it's nice to hear that already. Um, I think we we Brendan Rogers. I think we at least like we've already seen uh, Marco Telly was obviously just agrees to what I've seen. He looks a really good player. Um, made the team of the year last season. Still really young. He's already been capped several times for Australia. So it looks like a a good start. Thiago Home is obviously coming with a big reputation as well. So it's a decent start. And um, I wanted to know about the ins and outs. Like where Mark thought that where we need to strengthen more and where we what players might leave because for me I think we need another keeper because Joe Hart's getting on in years so I think we need another young a young keeper to come in we definitely need another centre half and I don't think another striker would be a miss either um, and I just wanted to know what Mark thought of that and what players he thought might be shifted on um, Yeah, listen 100% agree with what you think Celtic need to strengthen that's not to say they're particularly weak in that, uh, like poor in that area. But if if you're going to be successful with what Brendan or where Brendan Rogers wants to go, and deep into Europe, yeah, you need another goalkeeper to to really push Joe Hart. I don't think they've got that. Obviously, Seagrave's done the same for a long time. Reverted back to Bain. Um, so obviously something all right there. Um, when Carter Vickers was injured, you saw the gaping hole that was left and and what was missing in that department. No doubt Carter Vickers and Starfield have a tremendous partnership. Um, and the front end of the park, Kyogo will get you goals, hoping he stays. Um, and O is a good alternative. But again, I still think you need another. I know Maeda can play there, and Abada sometimes play there, but I think you need another top quality striker to push. Now, in terms of players going out, listen, Celtic are heavy in the midfield department. I think a lot of the fringe players that you saw on trophy day and you, you think, oh, I, I forgot about them, um, will probably go out the door. Even guys like 
David Turnbull, who Turnbull was the played, one that played a large number of games just because he was coming off the bench a lot. But is he the type of player that you think may want I'd, to? I think he'll. This is only me personally, but I think a player like David Turnbull will want more football. I think he'll look at that international scene that he's flirted with and think, I'm good enough to play there. But he can only get there if he plays regular football. I suppose it then depends on Brendan Rodgers as well, because Brendan Rodgers may go in with a fresh pair of eyes and have a, a completely different well, idea what? for David Turnbull it's or it, it's other it's players on It's a great comparison, Ryan Christie. When Ryan Christie went on loan and I really didn't think he had a future. Uh, at Celtic he came back he turned into an absolute terrific player just with a different mindset that might be the case for Turnbull the problem is at that time it was a different squad that Christie was coming into with, with Turnbull um, he's got a hold of players in front of him so I don't know it depends who moves the big moves uh, I'll call it who clubs will bid for if that's a Kyogo if that's a Hitati if it's an O'Reilly then these players these fringe players might stay if not, who knows? Well, thank you to Kevin. Just before the break, let me tell you about this. Oh, yeah, Kevin, you on. Yes, it is a cash... Well, it's a Clyde ca- won. Yes, it's a cash <laughs> register rollover. The call went to five rings today, and now it's your chance to win £27,000 tomorrow when we make the next call. But you need to be in the draw. Enter now. Text YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. If you get a call from us after three o'clock tomorrow, answer within five rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2. Or call 0330 Five two three calls are charged at the standard rate. Over 18s only. Entries since Kelly won on Monday have rolled over. Remember, and all the rules for this Hits Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website. Text yes to six one zero two five for your chance to win twenty seven thousand pounds. Good luck. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call zero one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We want you to join us as well. 01419511025, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Let's go straight back to the phones because Stephen is a Celtic fan in Russia. Stephen, how are you tonight? Ah, uh, pretty good, Andrew. Pretty good. Good stuff. What is it that's that's on your mind? No, I just get in there, mate, and I don't always catch a show, but I had a little chuckle when I heard Paul, the Rangers guy, on first call. What was it about his call that gave you a good laugh? No, I was just thinking, I hope I'm not upsetting the St. Johnson fans because they've won as much as the, the club from Ibrooks in the last 10, 11 years. <laughs> but uh, seriously though, seriously guys, you've got to understand something. Brendan Rodgers is a serial winner. He's won every single trophy he competed for in Scottish football. So the man's got every right to be confident. And there's another myth. Rangers under Steven Gerrard but never any more than about 69 points close to Celtic apart from the Ghost League you know the, the Covid season which really nobody counts in world football it was, it was training games we didn't win the 10 but nobody really cared about it to be fair I, 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 think, I think a lot of people across <laughs> world football would count it by the way I, I, listen Stephen I know you're having a bit of tongue in cheek but plenty of people did care about it there was hundreds of fans outside Celtic Park remember uh, making life very difficult for the manager Neil Lennon and the set of players at that time because they did care about it. Um, 
But it's not a myth. Rangers are a better side now than they were. You can't get away from that. I mean, just a, two seasons ago, Europa League final. I know the teams moved on a bit from that. Um, and I believe Michael Beale is trying to make it better now. It remains to be seen what effect his new signings will have. But he's certainly trying to evolve the squad into something um, that would be closer to Celtic. So I think there will be a bigger challenge here for Brendan Rodgers. But I, I agree with you, Stephen. Brendan Rodgers is a serial winner. Even when he was in charge of Liverpool, they went through all that time without getting near a league. And he took them within touching distance. Will Leicester, uh, a club, OK, they'd won the league, but that's a one-off season. He managed to secure an FA Cup as well as his accolades here in Scotland so he is a serial winner Stephen are you quite confident then that Brendan Rodgers with this Celtic side will be able to overcome Rangers this season and win more trophies Honestly Andrew I've got no doubt about it and, and that is no overconfidence there's a, there's a word in the dictionary now it's called Celtic Berations and we have them every year and see at the end of the day the Rangers people it must be hard for them because there's over four and a half five thousand on a thread in one of their sites going on about who the next Celtic manager will be and we're terrified about Brendan Rodgers coming back and really I don't consider myself Rangers and Celtic don't do Have you been on those forums Stephen? No, no I've not been on them I've seen them on Twitter mate. I've seen oh, them right, I was just, I was just wondering if you'd been, been lucky I've not been overconfident all I'm going to say is the Celtic players and management never do the talking they do the walking mate we win that's what we do and you know Guys at James Tavernier and the rest and have come over the years the next time, the next time. We just keep our peace and we do the business, mate. But then I so suppose we, the, the point that Paul was making that it, it was Brendan Rodgers doing the talking outside yes, Celtic know, Park. And the point I'm making is to Paul and every other Rangers fan out there, Celtic, that man's every right to say what he says. The guys at James Tavernier never did, but nobody, nobody really cared because we don't care. We just do the business, mate. And at the end of the day, I mean, hey, Aberdeen might need a challenge this year. Who knows? We don't even know about this new Rangers side. So I don't really concern myself. I just had a little chuckle there because I know the Rangers guys have to anger themselves because they're terrified of Brendan. We know that. We can feel it. Don't worry about it, mate. Just continue with your little club and do what you need to do. We'll just keep winning. It's an interesting point that Stephen makes in terms of you don't know what Rangers are going to look like next season because Michael yeah. Beale has said himself it's going to be a, a revamp or a rebuild. It's certainly going to be a very different squad under Michael Beale than it was last season. So there are a lot of variables as to what the Rangers side is going to look like yeah. next season. But you can also say the same for Celtic as well because Brendan Rodgers is yet to really get his feet under the desk and make his own mark as well. well. I would say it's a lot more cel certain for Celtic what they're going to look like next year because... They've still got the majority of the squad of players that have been so successful at a good age. Okay, a lot of interest in the transfer market, trying to prize them away probably. But if Brendan Rodgers manages to keep the majority of those, then it's a lot more certain that the Celtic side will be strong. Now Rangers, who knows, Stephen's right. These players that we've seen bits and pieces of could come to Scotland and blow everybody away. And we could be sitting here in May saying, wow, you know, Michael Beale did really know what he was bringing here to Scotland, shaped him up into a fantastic side, and they've been successful. But on the flip side, they may not be. And Michael Beale, remember when he came in, and just before the semi-final, the first semi, or was it the final of the Viaplay Cup, he was under pressure. You know, in terms of getting domestic results against everybody else, yes, he got there. 
But against Celtic, there was question marks and there was fans on the show saying that if he didn't beat Celtic the next time round, then he was under pressure from the off. Of course, he managed to do that, eased the pressure, but there's still pressure on when you're rebuilding a team and it's your stamp. You can't go back and say, oh, this group of guys didn't belong to me and I'm just trying to get the best out of them. This is his team. And as any manager will tell you, Rangers or Celtic, if you don't start the season well, you're under immediate pressure. Yeah, Stephen, how different do you expect Celtic to be next season, whether it's Brendan Rodgers' style of play, whether it's incomings or outgoings? Do you know, Andrew, I actually, I'm over the moon. Um, Ange did a good job, right? But I lived in Australia for years. So I was actually back for four months during the winter as well. And if you live there, you know that the Australians are very sycophantic about the EPL. That's all they talk about. So I knew the man would go as soon as he got a chance. If somebody told me we would get Brendan Rodgers back, I mean, I would have taken your hand off for it. I can't believe this has happened. Honestly, I'm over the moon. And I just think he'll improve every player that's there. And I think he'll bring so many young guys through as well. And the man, he, he just exudes confidence. It makes people feel 10 foot tall. He's going, honestly, mate, I'm so excited for this season. It's just, it's ridiculous we've got this man back. I'm so, I mean, in a good way, it's, it's amazing. Thanks, you know, it'll be good. Yeah, Stephen's delighted about it. It, yeah. it is a chain of events that if someone had told you a month ago was going to happen, that I don't think anyone oh, would have believed you. And yeah. You know, I think Stephen sort of sums up the, the general feeling that we've had on the phones about Brendan Rodgers. That are, there had been a lot of talk about Celtic fans, you know, how they felt in 2019, not being happy about the possibility of Brendan Rodgers returning. Certainly mm. on the phones, it's all been very positive. Yes, you know, we've seen things on social media. I think the, the Green Brigade had tweeted out the, the banner from a few years ago as well. But generally... The, the feeling seems to be that there is a, a strength of support behind Brendan yeah, Rodgers. well, why wouldn't there be? Uh, obviously, the only black mark against his name was the manner that he left. But we've discussed that many times, that that is going to happen. OK, maybe could have waited a few months um, and done it in the summer, much like Ange Postacoglu. But the guy acted off his instincts. He took the job when it was presented to him. That is the world of football. It's unfair at times. We all know that, and, and fans get attached to managers and players, but that's the way of the world. Um, but when you're dealing with appointing a manager and you've got everybody's CV in front of you, you've got the up-and-coming managers, you've got assistant managers who had just won the Champions League, you've got managers that have done it in other countries, but you're not quite sure how they would adapt here, and then you're presented with Brendan Rogers' CV, a guy that won everything here for two years running, um, and developed players. Kevin made a, a good point. Uh, sorry, Stephen made a good point there that when he came, he made the current crop of players better and he did make them believe in themselves and he got a tune out of them as well as having some good signings. Of course, you're going to pick that CV. It's just about tying up the loose ends. It's, uh, for me, it was about the length of the contract, how committed he was. And for Brendan Rodgers, what was his remit? What was he being handed and what was he being asked to do on the European stage? And I think when he had the assurances that the Celtic hierarchy were going to back him on that, I think it was a no-brainer for him. Well, thank you to Stephen. 01419511025 if you want to be next. George is a Rangers fan in Bathgate. George, how are you? Good God, here I'm out on a Wednesday night, boys, in the kitchen making the dinner, just ready to go to band practice, and Stephen, who could say he's a Celtic fan, comes on and Ozzy talks about his Rangers, Rangers this, Rangers that, I'm on the Rangers forums, there's 4,000 people, good God, do these people know bother about the Rangers football team? 
It's Tuesday. George, you don't even know what day of the week it is. It's Tuesday. He did. He's not even bothered. There you go. Exactly. I wasn't even bothered. Here, I was listening to the football phone and football. Life's happy enough, and the guys came on us. They can talk about Rangers. And and they've talked about what has been treated to Brendan Rodgers. Listen, what will be, what will be. We'll see when the season starts. Um, I mean, they were all, they hated Brendan Rodgers, chased him out of Glasgow a couple of months ago. Now he's the Messiah again. So let's see what happens. Let's see how long he's here. Let's see how good. um, Michael Beale does because at the end of the day they've got to make signings we've got to make signings and there's not a chance we'll be as bad as we were last year and let's see if they were as good as they were last year Well I hope George is going to turn up to band practice on, on, the, on the right <laughs> night but is that not just the nature of football in this city yeah. Mark that people are always looking over the fence if they're not looking over the fence they're peering through the cracks of the fence They, no matter whether people say they do or they don't concentrate on the other team the other team are always the barometer whether you are a Celtic fan or a Rangers fan you've always got an eye on what's going on across the city is. of course and you have to be I think you'd be complacent if you weren't bothered I get the bravado that goes with being a Celtic fan and a Rangers fan your team's the best you don't care about anything else but you care about opposition like be lucky enough to be in the game and to be involved in games, loads of games against Rangers, you were always concerned of what was happening. What was the injury news? Who was their signings coming up? Was it big name signings? Was that going to come up against a world superstar left winger who would just, you know, run by me? Of course you have to be concerned because you have to prepare your team the best. Uh, and sometimes that is a reaction to what's going on across the other side of the city. But look, Celtic, probably less than Rangers. Celtic are in a strong position with a strong squad at the minute. Rangers have obviously had to react to what's going on at Celtic Park. The success that Postacoglu brought, obviously with Brendan Rodgers being appointed, is a huge appointment with potentially a big transfer, Kitty. So Michael Beale's well aware that the players he brings in have to do a job right away. To, to keep, well, firstly, go toe-to-toe with Celtic, but can they last the distance with him? That'll be the big talking point all season. I was going to go back to George there, but I don't know if he's maybe just realised what day it is and he's actually <laughs> got something on tonight, but he has, uh, he has disappeared. But thank you to George. That will lead us on to the, the business that both teams are doing at the moment because there's been plenty of speculation. If we look at it today, certainly it looks as if Rangers are closing in on Abdallah Sima on loan from... Brighton, of course, played against them for Slavia Prague. They've also had a bid rejected for Danilo, the Feyenoord forward. We'll wait and see whether they go back in for him as well. But that is certainly the area that Michael Beale looks to be, or has as his priority, is that forward line and looking for strikers and goal scorers. Well, it's one he has to look at. He, he has to find someone to replace Morelos, which is a lot of goals, and I know he's made moves in that with Amers, but in the wide areas... Obviously, Kent's away. Sakala, who I thought did a reasonable job at the tail end of the season, but he's unpredictable. Um, is the question really, you know, is, is Fashion Sakala the type of player that is going to win Rangers trophies and league titles and challenge Celtic if he's, you know, starting for them consistently? Possibly not. But you can't you can't argue with what he, he brought to the team at the end of the season when, they, listen, they were struggling and he looked like a bright light and someone that was unpredictable. But you're right. I think 
the Rangers manager will want someone he can hang his hat on at the top end of the pitch. You only have to again look over the other side of the city and you look at Kyogo and you look at Jota and Abada and Maeda and Postacoglu knew he could hang his hat on any one of them and so could the Celtic fans. Wasn't quite like that for Rangers. So Michael Beale has to find some combination that's maybe similar that will produce goals and assists for him on a regular basis. Because as much as Alfredo Morelos, you know, tailed off, it's no secret that he, he wasn't a player towards the end of his Rangers career that he showed at times, but he was a, a key figure for him and he, it will take a lot to replace him because he was really a constant in that Rangers team whenever yeah. he was fit. The same as Ryan Kent as well. He tailed off, yes, but he was one of the first names on the team sheet. Well, they generally always played. Kent especially, didn't matter how he played, he played lack of competition, probably an argument. Morelos, everybody thought they could get him back to what he was and that was a disappointing. But because he was, he was an out-and-out goal scorer in Europe and domestically, they, those are big shoes to fill. So, that's where Michael Beale is looking around just now and saying, who is the guy that's going to take that mantle on? Because being a striker at Rangers, the main number nine, is probably one of the hardest jobs you're going to get because that expectation is on you to score 20 plus goals a season every year you're there. Well, thank you to George. Keep those calls coming in. 0141 951 1025. 0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Mark Wilson with me, Andrew McLean, and it has flown in so far because the phone yeah. lines have been busy. Plenty of thoughts on the season ahead and what people are expecting from their team, what people are expecting from their Just fan in Harlford. Brian, what have you made of what you've heard tonight? Welcome, dear. I was going back down to Cameron there and uh, listened to your show as usual. And that that guy that was on about Celtic, Brendan Rodgers, he's a messiah, he's done this, he's a pro and track record. What he forgets is he's got a team relegated for the the, the biggest league in world football, the Premier Division. He had multi million pounds at his back and feet and he couldn't save relegation. He's come back up to Scotland where... I mean, he, he probably would tell you, Brian, that he, he didn't actually get them relegated. He did it's leave before CV, he, Brian, he got, got sacked before. And then Dean Smith was the one that uh, oversaw that. He, he put them in that position. He put them in that position. So, for him to... He's won nothing in England, basically. He won nothing in England. Anybody can go up here and manage here, Celtic Rangers win things. But for him to go up here and Celtic fans think he's the Messiah, he's the saviour... I don't think it will be because I don't think Celtic will have the same players as what they finished with last season. And plus, Rangers are far, far superior this year to what they were last year. I mean, see if if, if for a team... Brian, what makes you think that Rangers are far superior than last season? Well, well, just for for the last period of the season uh, with Cantwell and uh, Raskins playing very well and the signings are moving into a new goalkeeper, I think will be a far better animal than what a lot of people think. And I think I think we'll. We're surprised if we don't win the treble. I really like that. You'd be surprised if Rangers don't win the treble. That's a big shout, Brian. Um, I really feel different this year because I just said Michael Beale's totally different. His training's totally different. His man management's totally different. He's got into the folk that's bringing the dressing room down. And the players he's bringing in, Kieran Nadell and Raskin and uh, Butland, and the players he's wanting to sign up front, can only go forward. We can't get back. So for me, I think the City fans need to take a step back. This is a guy that left them 
for Leicester in the middle of the season. So let's see what he does. We'll see if he's again as fit as Celtic fans think he is. Well, the reason he left in the middle of the season, Brian, was because he'd won two trebles and was on course for a third. So, you know, his success up here, you talk about his time down in England, which, you know, he did get two fifth place finishes with Leicester. He won an FA Cup. He got to a European semi-final. He did have success up here as well. Does that not count for anything? No, it doesn't. No, no. Because they didn't end in Europe. Celtic's standing in Europe. This is where you've got to realise the, the but surely teams, their standing in Europe doesn't make a difference to what happens domestically, no? Aye, if you aye. think Rangers are Brian, you, can, you can't be selective and say Brendan Rodgers has done nothing in England and Andrew's just read it, his achievements in England, which is pretty impressive, and say, oh, that's nothing on Europe for Celtic. Well, he won the bread and butter here. You sometimes just have to, people hold their hands up and say, listen, Celtic have got a fantastic manager a big name appointment but it's up to Brendan Rodgers to then prove it again so that will be the hard point but people are coming on and saying Brendan Rodgers done nothing and he got Leicester relegated you know just nonsense he didn't get them relegated of course he put them in a position and the club acted first but he had success with a team like Leicester in the richest league in the world and it's up to him to prove it again and as for Rangers yes Rangers fans will hope that these players are going to take the club in one direction, upwards. But again, you cannot be certain in football that signings and a group of signings, a large group of signings at the one time, are going to gel and be successful. Maybe they will, but just maybe they won't. Yeah, Brian, what is it that gives you that certainty that Michael Beale's going to get it right in terms of his signings this summer? Is it because of what you've seen from the likes of Todd Cantwell and Nicholas Raskin that you feel if he continues in that vein, then Rangers will be in a good standing? Well, definitely, definitely. I didn't that lie. The age of the players that he's trying to sign, it's young, young, upcoming players, 21, 22, 23, so he's saying he's going, he's going in the right direction as in he's going to build a team not no, no, no just for one year two years but for maybe three or four years where those we took in between seasons but as I say I, I just think we're a totally different I mean we I, I almost certain we'll all be a, the team to beat as far as the championship is concerned uh, but it'll be, it'll be interesting if Celtic can not do it the players where Brendan Rodgers can still play the way Hans Poster-Coglo wants him to play, the so-called we don't stop, uh, it remains to be seen. Yeah, I mean, Brian's talking about Brendan Rodgers continuing on what Ange Postacoglu did, but would you expect Brendan Rodgers to come in and rip things up with his own ideas? Is he? Would you expect him to implement some of Ange Postacoglu's yeah. things and put his own spin on it? I think he, he would have studied Celtic a lot. Um, under Postacoglu to see that the tempo that they played at um, and the effect that that had on other teams uh, in the league and what success that brought I think he's wise enough to know that that has to continue but there's no doubt about it elite managers have their own way of thinking they're in the position that they're in because they have their own ideas there's no one set of style of play that everybody sticks to because it just won't work he cannot replicate what Postacoglu brung he'll bring his own style of play and it's about improving those players but the one thing I, I don't think can drop is that tempo and I think Brendan Rodgers kind of again alluded to saying that he, he's wanting to play an aggressive attacking style of football that'll be music to the Celtic fans ears um, but I think the big test for Brian's team is Michael Beale's style of football 
what, what was Michael Beale's style of football last year? I don't think we saw it. I think we charted when he came in in December that his training looked high tempo. It was going to be, you know, a, one striker with kind of two number 10s closest to that striker and it was going to be played through the middle a lot more than it went. I don't think we saw really anything um, apart from the game Would against Celtic. Would you expect to see more clarity this season because he now has a, a full summer to bring yeah. in his own players I've got a, but a period to work with mm-hmm. them yeah. uh, rather than the constant pressure of a game in a few days so that's why he has to use pre-season wisely not only for signing players but for time on the pitch and uh, he'll be working towards a certain style but Rangers fans I think will want to see that style and not just in a one-off game I think they'll want to see it evolve over time as well um, but he's got to pick the players and buy the players to fit into that style well thank you to Brian I'm sure we'll pick up tomorrow where we left off with some of those calls something I want to touch on quickly before the show finishes is Queen's Park because Robin Veldman who is the new Queen's Park manager has been speaking for the first time today to the media let's hear what he had to say I would like to play attractive um, so using young players playing with attractive football and then uh, and we'll see what will come out uh, there's no direct pressure to be, be champion or promote uh, that's a nice wish but uh, first of all it's a, it's a nice workflow for young players to uh, adapt in the style of play and especially to uh, to develop them for sure it's a long-term goal um, Marijn our technical director is in for uh, like one and a half year right now um, I signed a three-year deal, so it's also something that I would like to stay for for longer term uh, because I don't believe you're going to build something in one month or yeah. in one year. So uh, uh, we're building, we're trying to build something uh, something special. For example, Brighton Hove Albion, uh, the way they play possession-based football, uh, there's also something they started a couple of years ago, and they they keep developing uh, a style of play, and it became their identity. It's quite interesting to hear him talk there because Queen's Park came really close to promotion to the Premiership this season but speaking to him today and asking about their ambitions promotion to the Premiership isn't their number one priority they're looking to build an identity they're looking to build a philosophy and then whatever comes after that will come Yeah, it's quite a unique place for a club to be in Scotland because everything is geared towards the end result and winning Queen's Park sounds like they have a different format you know what, I, I quite like the sound of that. I quite like the sound of, you know, attractive football, blooding young players, getting in the right sort of players and playing the right way. Uh, and it's okay saying it at the minute. You just wonder how that progresses further down the season. Championship's an incredibly competitive league. And if things start not going so well, then would that change? You'd like to think not because the infrastructure at Queen's Park is probably geared towards that and Velman will have the backing. Everyone's surrounded by the club. Um, and maybe maybe just the promotion push last year took them all a wee bit by surprise and they thought, we'll, we'll just put the brakes on this charge at the minute and try and get an identity to our club. So always been a club steeped in, you know, giving young players a chance and moving them on and it looks like they want to return to that sort of style. So exciting times ahead, I think, for Queen's Park fans. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see how Queen's Park get on this season. But thank you for all your calls tonight. Unfortunately, that is all we've got time for when it comes to those. Thank you for listening in, and thank you for all your tweets as well. It's certainly been an interesting night on the phones, and remember, we are here from 6 o'clock every single weeknight of summer up until the new season starts. Make sure to stick with us. Make sure to call in and give us your thoughts on your team ahead of the new 
new season, whether it's transfers, whether it's uh, you've got a new manager, anything like that. Pre-season friendlies, of course, are starting at the moment as well. Motherwell in action tonight. And before you know it, the Viaplay Cup group stages will be around the corner. Then we'll have European qualifiers and the Scottish Premiership. And all the divisions will be back in action. So stick with us. We'll love to hear from you over the next few weeks. But as I say, that is all time we have tonight. I will be back tomorrow night in the studio with Simon Donnelly. But stay right there because it is Callum Gallagher. That's up next.